welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Praise the Lord. Turn to Matthew 18. Uh, turn to Matthew chapter 18, and I'm going to do something that we did in the early service because there's a new batch of people here in this service. The 9 o'clock service, we had a great time, and we did something just before we heard the word. So I want to show you something that we're going to do. Matthew 18, and I want you to look at verse 18. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. And this really isn't my message, but it's going to prepare us to get more out of the message. How many of you know that there's invisible opposition to you and me hearing the truth? Huh? So Jesus said, if you have a King James, it's red letters. Jesus said, truly, I say unto you. And this is talking to every believer on the planet. Truly, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So everybody say this. It's earth's move. Has heaven moved? Has God done anything? Uh, he sent Jesus, his only begotten son. Jesus gave us his life totally. Died, was buried, rose from the dead, ever lives to make intercession for the saints. I'd say heaven's moved. Whose move is it? Whose move is it? It's our move. If there's some things happening or coming against us, it's up to us to say no. We don't just wait for Jesus to come down from heaven again and do something he's already done. We need to take what he's done, believe it, take the authority, take the faith, take his word, be filled with his spirit, and do something about these forces that keep coming against us and others and get some victory going in our lives. So keep now, do you have the NLT back there, the New Living Translation? I want to look at Matthew 18, 18 in this translation. Let me know by the light if you guys have it or don't. I can quote it. But Matthew 18, 18 out of the New Living Translation. Here's what it says in a more modern version. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Yeah. Now think about this, guys. If everything was God's will, why tell us to bind some things? I mean, if it's God is in control, then why, why would we want to change his control and bind or loose anything? Everything that happens on this planet is not the will of God. There's a lot of demonic stuff going on and it needs resisted. It needs forbidden. It needs stopped. And if we don't stop it, there's nothing heaven can do about it. Do you know why, do you know why it's whatever we forbid will be forbidden? Heaven will back us up in. And whatever we permit, heaven will back us up. Do you know why? Because God created free will and he's not going to violate it. A lot of people are thinking everything that happens on the earth is somehow God's mysterious will. Then why would we need to bind or loose anything if everything that happens was God's mysterious will? Are we binding something God's doing? How's that going to work? 
Are there, are there some things in your life that you're going to have to forbid? Yes. What if you don't forbid them? They will run course in your life and it won't be God's will. And you can't go, well, I don't know why God didn't answer my prayer. I don't know why God let this happen. You let it happen. The question is, why did you let it happen? Hmm? Why, why, did we for, why did not we forbid what the Lord told us? One of the greatest lessons you will ever learn as a Christian in this life is what you're supposed to yield to and what you're supposed to resist. And if you don't think the devil exists, you won't be doing any resistance. You're not going to resist what doesn't exist. And if the enemy can make us think that everything that's happening on the earth is somehow God's mysterious sovereign will, then we're not going to do any resisting and the enemy will be working in our life undercover and us thinking that it's just God's mysterious will that I'm dying of this disease or it's God's mysterious will that I'm always unhappy. No, there's a devil and there's demons and we shouldn't be afraid of them because the Bible didn't say resist the devil and he will overtake you. The Bible said resist the devil and he will run from you in terror. Who's the trembling one? The Bible says in James chapter 2, demons believe and tremble. Who's the scared ones here? Not the church. We are the overcomers. We are the children of God. But did you know a majority of church people do not believe what I'm telling you right now? They aren't forbidden anything. They aren't allowing anything. Or they're allowing a bunch of stuff they shouldn't be. They're not binding. They're not loosing. They're just saying, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever it will be. That's how you give place to the enemy. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. Devil goes, oh, they're saying, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever it will be, will be. I guess I'll come disguised as God and put disease on them. I guess I'll come disguised as God and break their leg. I guess I'll come disguised as God and say, this is God working something out in your life. He's trying to teach you something with this, with this disease. Here's something you need to say regularly. You ready? Shut up, devil. Shut up. Trying to make me think God's some kind of child abuser or something. So you need to say these words regularly. Shut up, devil. Here's a good time to say it. You ready? Devil says, oh, you've had a long week. You're tired. Football game's on pretty soon. You don't need to go to church. God loves you. Devil will always take it. God loves you. What should you do? Shut up, devil. Get yourself by the ear. Do what you know the Lord wants you to do and quit listening to his stupid lies. Well, I want to show you one more scripture. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is not before the sermon's over. This is before the sermon starts. <laughs> I want to get ready to receive the rest of it, okay? We won't go super long. We'll just go as long as the Lord wants us to. That's all. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4. Paul's giving some revelation about our spiritual enemy, and he says here, if our good news, gospel means good news. Paul said to the church, hey, guys, if our good news is hidden, you know, a little fuzzy, it's hidden to those that are lost. In whom, in the lost, the God of this world, notice the small g, he's referring to the rulers of the darkness of this world. In whom, in the lost people, the God of this world has blinded their minds which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So the devil's in the blinding of the minds business. And he doesn't stop trying to blind once you become a believer. 
you overcome him in the area of, oh, I do need Jesus. I better accept him as my Lord and Savior. Well, you've got truth. You no longer lied to him. You're saved. You're a child of God. But that doesn't mean he stops blinding you in all these other areas. He's still seeking to blind your mind. Well, the word minds in this verse in the Greek in the old, uh, the New Testament was translated from Greek manuscripts means this perception. Satan constantly tries to mess with our perceptions. What's real or what just feels real? What's real or what just seems real? What's truth or just what feels truth? What's right or just what seems right? There is a seems right and there is a right. There is a feels like true and there is a true. And the only way we're going to know the difference is if we're reading this book and hearing sermons enough to know, because it's only the truth that's going to make us free, not trying to outsmart the devil. We're no match for him in that area. He's been around a lot longer than us. But this word in you, you'll overcome every lie of the devil. Now, listen closely. Satan is out to blind our perception, to mess with our perception. And so I'm going to we're going to do something right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and we're going to tell the devil. No, we're going to forbid him from messing with our perception as we're going to hear what we're about to hear, because we're about to hear is an end time message for the end time church. It's imperative that we are honed in for the next half hour or so, because what you're going to hear is going to equip you to make it through these end times and nothing else will help you make it through. There is so much deception in the world right now. There is so much false. There are so many lies right now. I see believers everywhere falling for stuff. And, 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 I, and it's not that we're better. We're not more free because we're better. We're free because we know more truth is all. We've just been reading the Bible a little bit more. We've been going to church a little bit more. I'm not more free because I'm a better person. I'm more free because I'm just in the word more. And anybody can be in the word more. You will not make it through these end times. The Bible says in the last days, there'd be some people that even the very elect would be deceived if they're not close to God. And the worst thing about a lie is you don't know it's a lie. You really believe it's real. So stand up with me, if you would. Let's just do something before we go any further. The Bible says when you stand praying. Now, that doesn't mean you can't pray when you're sitting down or lying down, but I just feel like we need to stand just for a minute. Let's declare this from our hearts and let's act on these scriptures. Say this. I bind. I forbid the devil from messing with my perception this morning. Satan, don't you do it. I command you. Stop. I break your operations and I forbid you to mess with my perception. But I completely allow the precious Holy Spirit 100% access to my perception, my heart and my mind. Reveal truth to me. Expose lies. Break bondages. And make free. In Jesus' name. It's done. Say, I'm a good receiver. Go ahead and be seated. And as you're seating, as you're sitting, turn to John chapter 8. Two weeks ago, the Lord gave us a message. I believe we need to dig into it. 
It's not really the most exciting message that I wanted to preach, but it's something that I believe he wants us to hear. And we talked about two weeks ago on a Sunday morning, identifying lies and getting more free. And that'll make a lot more sense to you as we read this verse. Jesus is speaking in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Notice these two verses. It says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Does the Lord have a word for believers? Yes. Is once you believe in Jesus, is that it? Now you can just do your own thing and say, Hey, Jesus, see you in heaven. Or does he have a word for believers? Yes. Somebody say there's more. So believing in Jesus gets us to heaven. Is there anything else between now and heaven? Well, if you want to go on with God and not just say, hey, Lord, I'll see you in heaven, and you want to experience victory and deliverance and really be a help to people supernaturally, there's more. And I wish the whole church would want this because the Lord gave us all for us. I think we should at least do our best to give our all for him. He said to those Jews which believed on him, well, you got it all. See you in heaven, guys. Live however you want. <laughs> What's his word to believers? If, everybody say if. Yeah. Very important word. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Stop right there. Two kinds of people he's talking about. Believers and disciples. You don't have to be a disciple to go to heaven. But you should want to be a disciple because you are going to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So believers aren't disciples. Now, all disciples are believers, but not all believers are the disciplined ones that want to go on with God. You know, that that don't want to just hear God loves me sermons, but want to hear how do we love God sermons. I mean, it's one thing to be loved of the Lord. It's another thing to love him back. It's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to be a Christian. A lot of people who say I'm a Christian should say I'm a saved person because they're doing everything but living like the Lord. So, and we've all been there, I'm sure, so no condemnation, just repent and go on. So he said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. What will that lead to? Next verse. And if you continue in the word like a disciple, you're going to know the truth and the truth is going to make you free. Behind every bondage, there's a lie. When that lie is exposed, you get to the root of the problem and you're free indeed. Now, poof. You know, when Keith Moore was here two, two, three weeks ago, he broke this open. And I'm like, you know, taking it now and feeding it to the multitude. The Lord sent him here to talk to us. The Lord basically sent Keith Moore here to tell us three things. Number one, I want you totally free. Number two, if you want to be totally free, you need to realize you're believing a lie in some area of your life. You're believing lies. So you're believing some things are true that are really not true about you, others, God, the devil. You're believing some things that are real that aren't really real. And number three, you need to identify what that is so you can kick that lie out and get totally free, not just cut something off with the service and grow back later. You get to the lie, you get to the root. 
And so we're expounding on that because Keith was here for two days. He's got other places to go. He's got he's got two churches to pastor. And so but it's my job now to break it down. Did, did the Lord send Keith more here? Did he preach something that we wanted to hear? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But he preached something that we needed to hear. And if it's not in our blood and we don't get it, we're not a good steward of God sending him here. How many want God to send Keith Moore here often? Then let's go ahead and be good stewards of what the Lord says through him. And so that's why we're studying this. So we're talking about identifying lies and getting more free. Because if the truth makes you free, then what do you need? You need more truth so you can identify things that have been causing you not to kick bondage out of your life. Do this with me now. Turn with me to another. Actually, no, 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 no. We got to squeeze some more out of this. Hold on a second here. I want you to put up on the screen John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those disciples, or to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want you to notice the word if for just one second here. The word if. Jesus puts the if in our corner, if we're going to be free. How many church people today are saying, Jesus, heal me if it be your will. Jesus, deliver me from this addiction if it be your will. Jesus, save me from this problem if it be your will. It's not if God, it's if we do something, we get free. Something with what he's done. It's not, Jesus didn't say, um, if you're, if you're, you know, you, you be my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word and you're my disciples, that you know the truth and the truth will make you free if it's my will. No, that's adding to scripture. Listen, whether we're free or not, today has more to do with us than the Lord. It's doing something with what he's given us already that's going to set us free. Oh, come on. Do you see this? The if, ch check this out. The if is in our corner. It's not we'll be free if it's God's will. We'll be free if we continue in his word. Long enough to know the truth and expose lies and kick them out. When are we going to be? You could put anything there. Healing, deliverance, freedom from depression, freedom from bad habits. How's that going to happen? If it's God's will or if we continue in his word. Put the if in the proper place and you'll get free. It's not all up to God today. We've got to respond. He can't receive for us. Are you following me? Jesus is so powerful. It's so powerful what he's saying. He said, listen, freedom in your life has to do if you do something, not if it's God's will. God's will is revealed in the Bible. We know healing is God's will. We know deliverance is God's will. We know living right is God's will. We know prosperity is God's will. But those things aren't going to happen in our life just because it's his will. So why kick back and go, if it be thy will? How about if we do what he said, we'll get free? What did he tell us to do? Well, what you're doing right now. Continuing in his word. And you're going to know the truth. If you continue long enough, you're going to know the truth. And the truth is going to make you free. A big lie of the devil that I, I, I had somewhere in my life for many years is, well, if, I'm, if, if, if God wants me free, I'll just be free. If 
God wants me healed. I'll just be healed. You know what? Let me tell you a big lie that I used to believe. Are you ready? Big lie from the devil that I used to believe. God wants some people healed. Doesn't that sound good? What do you mean, Pastor? God does want some people healed. That is such a cut to scriptures all over the New Testament that I didn't know were in there until I started reading and hearing sermons regularly. It is a lie that God wants some people healed. That's making it sound like he's a respecter of persons, that he has favorites. And that is so against scripture, it's not even funny. I could think of three places in the New Testament right now where it says God has no favorites. He has no, he is no respecter of persons. And to say God wants some people healed is a lie. God wants all people healed. And the only way you can have faith for healing is if you know it's his will that all people be healed because you have no idea if you're the favored one or not, special one or not. We're all special in his eyes. But you say, Pastor, I know people that, that good Christians that have died young with sickness and disease. If it was God's will and they were good people and they went to church all the time and they were nice and they didn't cuss and they didn't smoke and they didn't drink, how come they died young? People not receiving what belongs to them is no sign God wanted them to leave the earth early. God can't receive for you. You better learn how to receive. And the way you receive from God is printed on the front of our church. Faith. That's how you receive from the Lord. The Lord told us 33 years ago, I want this church to teach people how to have faith in me so they can receive everything I want them to have. Because these things don't fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You were made a partaker. You better do some partaking. Isn't that what the Bible says? God has made us partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Well, if you're a partaker, never doing any partaking, don't say God don't want you blessed. Say, I haven't been partaking. Why would he make you a partaker if everything just fell on you out of the clear blue sky? No, you need to appropriate what the Lord's provided if you want to see it in your life. And the way you do it is by getting in this word, finding out that it's true, it's yours, it belongs to you, and taking it by faith, like Miss Carla said a few moments ago, and just praising God like you got it when it feels like you don't. And prove you believe God more than your senses. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. There is an invisible world full of blessings that most Christians don't even see or tap into. And it's sad because all these blessings have been paid for by blood. And people are still crying out for something God already provided. Two prayers God can't answer. One prayer is God do this for me and he's already done it. People just haven't realized it and taken it by faith. And the other prayer God can't answer is asking him to do something he told you to do. Right? Like, oh God, go save my neighbor. He told you to go get your neighbor saved. Right? Get, get out of the comfort of your home, knock on the door and ask them if they want some cookies. Amen. Pretty soon you invite them to church, they get saved and you did your job. So I want this point to get really clear. If you want to be more free, you need to hear more truth, not just pray more prayers. Listen very closely here, because we believe in prayer. Prayer is amazing, has its place. But you can't get through prayer what only hearing the word will do for you.
actually, I, I do look at hearing the word like prayer, but it's God part talking to us in prayer as opposed to us saying, Lord, give me, give me, give me. I need this. I need this. I need this. The most important part of prayer is listening. And God will tell you what you need to do to receive everything he wants you to have. But if you want to be more free, according to these verses up here, you're going to need more truth, not just more prayer. Because of the power and the vitalness, if there is such a word, because of the power and the importance of hearing the word and what it does for your freedom, you better know there's a bunch of invisible opposition to you going to church, reading your Bible, and doing things on a daily basis to get the word in you. You know. You say, well, everything's okay in my life. I mean, weeks have gone by and I don't feel like the devil's doing anything in my life. No, he's just found a way to do something you're not aware of yet. He didn't stop working on you. He's just doing it in a way where he can't, you can't tell it's him. The enemy doesn't want you to know that he's lying to you. So he has to come in such a way where it's totally camouflaged and you thinking it's just, you know, this is just the way life is. When really life can be a zillion times better. I know in my life, just before I experienced great freedom and healing and, and freedom and uh, from depression and freedom from darkness and freedom from weakness and freedom from being able to relate with other people without being nervous and all that. Just before I got free, I heard a scripture, I heard a teaching that exposed a lie. A lot of lies are aimed at you to get you to doubt in the great love of God for you. A lot of lies are aimed at you in the area of if you are a better person, God will be able to help you more. Lie, lie, lie. I remember one time I used to believe a lie because, you know, I still wasn't perfect after I got saved. I still slip, stumble, trip, fall into sin. And the devil would be right there saying, you're not good enough yet. Just keep trudging, though. And I remember one day I got the revelation of righteousness that I am not. I do not have to attain to righteousness. I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ like Jesus was made to be sin for me who knew no sin. I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And really overcoming sin has more to do with believing you're righteous than any effort in the flesh you put to overcome sin. The number one way to overcome sin is believe you're righteous. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just say that about a million times and you'll dawn on you. Jesus has made me righteous. What am I trying to be righteous for? In your heart, you're already there. The Bible didn't say, work up to righteousness and sin not. The Bible said, wake up to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. So I, I was thinking about this. Now, I'm going to just share this with you. Um, we should be constantly wanting more words so we can be more free. The only thing thing that's going to expose lies in our life is more word, not just sitting down trying to think things out, not just trying to outsmart the devil. You'll never do it. You are an infant compared to how long he's been around. We have seen him on the scene for 6,000 years. And ever since then, he's been fallen. But the Bible talks about the devil at a point where he didn't fall. He was still a good guy. 
could be millions of years before Adam and Eve. He's been around a lot longer than us. So I don't think you're going to win some kind of thinking battle with the devil or some kind of outsmart him. The only way you and I are going to live above the devil's lies and his attacks is if we're hearing the truth of God's word, because that truth will expose his lies and that truth will show. Now, here's here's something you need to realize, guys. The Bible says in Amos three, Amos one, three, I think it is our Obadiah. It talks about the pride of your heart has deceived you. If people are, uh, have a problem with pride, they're very easily open to deception. Pride and deception go hand in hand. Something about just, I'm just not going to admit I was wrong. I just can't do it. I just, then you're very easily deceived because the only way you're going to get anywhere in life is if you're willing to be corrected. The Bible says the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And if you don't like instruction, you're in trouble. Do you realize that the, our daily continuance in the Word of God is not usually for present day problems, it's for future attacks that we don't know are coming that we need to be ready for? Amen. I like to say it like this. Put God's Word inside of you when you don't need it and it will be there when you do need it because yeah. you will need it. The evil day comes to everybody. And if the word's not in you before the evil day, you are at a major disadvantage. But so many Christians slack off and they listen to the lie. Everything's going OK. God loves you. And you know, the devil tells you God loves you. Do you know, the devil will tell you all the time that God loves you right with surrounding with a bunch of lies that will bind you. He always mixes truth with lie. Does God love you? Yes. But what's the devil trying to do? He's trying to get you not to do what you're supposed to do, thinking God's love for you is everything. Not if you want to live in victory till you get to heaven. It's not everything. And he'll come to you and say, you know, everything's going OK. You've been nice and everything's going OK. You know, you just got paid and 75 degrees and the weather's really nice and Everything's okay. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, get, get a few six packs and you know, go ahead. It's okay. You know, go commit a little fornication. Don't worry about it. God loves you. Uh, don't worry about going to church. You, know, you don't have to go to church right now. You actually, you don't have to read your Bible that much. You're doing so good right now. Everything's okay. Everything, what should you do at a time like that? Shut up, devil. You think I'm some stupid fool? Think I'm some little mamby-pamby you can push around with your lies? You think I'm going to exalt my feelings above the word of God? He shoots his feelings. Oh, everything feels so good. Everything feels so right. And, and God loves you. It's like, shut up, feelings. If God said I need to get in the word, I'm getting in the word. He's been around a little longer than me. Right? Gee, how vital is it to get in the word every day? Well, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He relates taking in the word like we take in physical food. If you want to live, not just exist. See, when the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he's not just talking about enduring life. He's talking about enjoying life. He's not just talking about existing. He's talking about thriving. Most people on this planet, and it's sad because most of the church is simply existing. And I'm not talking about this church here, but at large. Most of the church seems like they're just existing like everybody else. Fallen prey to everything else everybody else has fallen prey to. 
Where's the victorious ones? Where's the power? Where's my cup runneth over? Where's the glory? Where's the healing? Where's the health? Where's the strength? Well, it all comes back to this. Are you eating well? No wonder some people have no power to overcome or stand in faith long enough to a blessing materializes. They're eating two meals a week. That's it. Now, it helps if you're a doer of the word, not just a hearer, right? Deceiving your own selves. But you got to take it in. It's interesting how subtle the warfare is that keeps people from church or keeps people from reading their Bible chapter reading every day. The warfare is so subtle. If it wasn't subtle, you'd resist it. It comes disguised in the light of your own feelings and desires. You feel like it's okay? Well, it must be okay because I'm the boss. Seems okay. It must be okay because I'm not stupid. I won't go any farther with that. Uh, newsflash. You and I are not smart enough to figure out what our day should be like. Okay, we need to talk to the Lord about it every day. So let me just say this. If you want to be more free, you're going to need more truth, not just more prayers. So I wanted to share this with you. Lillian B. Omens, she's in heaven now, but she was a medical doctor. And she found herself addicted to morphine after a while because she had such access to it. And she got totally addicted to morphine. She couldn't get free by any earthly power. She, felt, she was called many times a devil, a skeleton with a devil inside. She was totally skin and bones. Um, she tried every cure, even Eastern things. I mean, walking on rocks and not eating and drinking cold water and freezing in the mountains. Every, she tried everything to get free. And they said, well, Sister Lillian, didn't you pray? She said, I prayed until I pulled almost every hair out of my head. And you still didn't get free? No, I didn't get free. Through all that prayer, all these things I tried, all this medical help, all the doctors, other things, I didn't get free until I got into this book and dove into it like you dive into a swimming pool. I started finding out things in there. I started getting the power of God in my life. She said, I got totally free when I made this book the priority of my life. God's word. She said she would teach healing classes in healing school they used to have. And she said she'd be teaching on divine healing, knowing that a lot of the students in the class are going to be going through a time of sickness someday, a time of disease. It was going to get dark in their life or a loved one's life. And she'd be firing away and she sees some students chewing gum, kind of looking out the window. She said, I wanted to slap them. Don't they know a test is coming their way? Don't they know all hell's about to break loose? The evil day comes to everybody. And that's not the big deal. The big deal is not being ready for it when you could have been. If you're ready for the evil day, you've been going to church, hearing sermons, reading your Bible. When the devil attacks you with cancer, it's like flicking flies. You just flick it away and it goes from you because you've been prepared and you're smart in the word of God. But people that aren't prepared, she said, I'd get so mad at him. She said, because she never would do anything because, you know, they don't, they don't do that as a teacher. I mean, there's been times I've gotten mad saying, don't those people know a crisis is about ready to hit them upside the face and they're not even lit. They're giggling in church. They're laughing. They're getting them walking out where they don't have to. All this stuff, because sometimes you have to. But I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, Lord, they're not going to be ready. What should I do? He said, nothing. 
You've given them ample opportunity to be ready, and if they don't want to be ready, that's their choice. Well, what do you do at a time like that? You just pray and you say, Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. But you know what? I, I'm focusing on those that do see it. I mean, there was a time in my life I didn't see it. I didn't know. I mean, I just kind of, you know, thought, you know, Christianity, I, I guess I'm a Christian. I'll see God later, you know, in the next life. And, you know, something would come my way and I just brush it off and go to another rock concert or whatever. And it's like, but no, I, I realized after I got saved, the Lord wasn't kidding when he said, you're not going to make it on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's the only way you're going to make it. And so she, Lillian Beoman, she realized personal experience that the only way she's going to get delivered, because she, she said the devil kept quoting her that poem by Edgar Allan Poe, you know, the raven that, that, that croaked and said, nevermore, you'll never be free. You'll never be free. I'll always be here. This depression will always be here. You'll never get away from me. You'll never get away from me. I don't care how many times you pray. Yeah. And she was sinking quick and about died until she said she got in that word right there with all purpose of heart. She got totally set free. Brother Hagen says her books on divine healing are the best books he'd ever read before he had written one of his books. Yeah. Brother Hagen, yeah. Kenneth Hagen, he'd carry her books with him to go to meetings. I think they're all combined. All four books are compiled in one book right now. You could find it on Amazon. It's from Harrison House, which is a good Christian publishing company. But it's called um, it's not Healing Treasury anymore. It's called God's Healing Word. Brother Hagen says the best books on divine healing he'd ever read. Oh, my gosh. They must be amazing because he wrote over 100 books on faith and healing. And she got in the word and she got delivered. So I'm going to say it again. If you want to be more free, you'll need more truth, not just more prayer. All right. So turn with me to another scripture. And that would be in Colossians chapter 2. And I'm going to close with these things, but it might be a 10 minute closing, so hang in there. Did we already say in this service that the if is in our corner? If we do something, we'll be free. Not if it's God's will. It is God's will that everybody on this planet is free. He's already sent Jesus, shed his blood. He died on a cross, rose from the dead, destroyed the works of the devil. Right. I mean, he, he did his part. It's earth's move. If you want to be free, what should you consider doing more? Continuing in his word more. And I want to talk about a little bit of that before we go any farther, because the more you continue in God's word, the more you start seeing that's a lie. That's been a, I've been thinking that's true. That ain't true. You know, a phrase the Lord gave us, this church is constantly into smashing lies. Constantly. Praise service, preaching. This church, it's like our calling is to smash lies. To expose lies and smash them. I just love seeing people get truth and then kick something out of their life that they've been believing was true for 20 years, keeping them in bondage. as the reason why they can't get healed or the reason why... One of the greatest things the Lord's given us in this area, because there's a lie, and it's pretty worldwide, even in the church, that says, at times God will send sickness your way or allow sickness to come your way, you know, because he's going to teach you something through it. 
Man, I remember the day I realized that was a lie from the pit. Can you learn when you're sick? Sure, you learn anytime you're ready to learn. Do you have to be sick to learn? And so the Lord gave me this phrase, and we've said it for the last two, three decades. I don't remember the first time the Lord gave it to us, but I remember sharing it with Tony Cook when he was here. He goes, oh, wow. He had never heard it like that before, but the Lord gave us something at this church. The Lord shared it like this, because a lot of people have heard the lie, even preached from pulpits, that sometimes sickness is just God's will. You know, it's just God's will sometimes that you're sick because he wants to teach you something. There's so much wrong with that. Let me tell you something that really smashed that. The Lord said, son... Sickness is not my way of teaching, though at times it is man's way of learning. If you wait till you're sick to learn, that's not God's method. That's just waiting till you're sick to learn. That's your choice. I mean, you, you could be like the wise men from the East and just worship the Lord because you're smart. Right? As opposed to, I have to, I'll die. Let me tell you another preaching and, and teaching I heard that, dis, that exposed that lie and set me free in that area. Because if you really think... If you really think something bad is coming to your life and it's from the Lord to teach you something, you're not going to resist it. And if you're not going to resist something of the devil, it don't have to flee from you. So I was thinking, OK, if this is really true, that sickness is somehow God's will to work something out in your life, to make you more like him, to make you a better person. Then if sickness comes and you really believe it's from the Lord, how dare you go to the doctor to try to get healed from something the Lord's doing? How dare you take medicine to try to stop something God's doing? See, it's hypocritical. You know no father wants his child sick. So that's why you go to the doctor to try to get rid of it. If it's really God's will, how dare you try to get healed of it? You should pray for double dose if it's really something good from God. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a lie of the devil. You know, last, last Sunday, was it last Sunday or two Sundays before, we talked about one of the lies that the devil constantly tells people, and it keeps him in such an inactive state. Joe, you're only human. What should you do if you hear those thoughts? Shut up, devil. And then what? And then quote scripture. I am made in the image and likeness of God. I am the offspring of the Almighty. He calls me his own son. I am not only human as some victim with no power over these opposing forces. I'm a child of God and I forbid this to run its course in my body. I forbid this in my marriage. I forbid this in my family. What are you doing? Well, you're acting like you're not only human. You're acting like you're a child of God. You're part human, but you're not only human. I see people with tons of money thinking they're only human and just opening themselves up to all kinds of diseases. It's so sad because they've got more money than they know what to do with. And they, you can tell by the way they talk, they just feel like they're victims. They're only human. If this comes my way, what are we going to do? They're probably not going to make it. That's what's going to happen. And that's why we got to get this word out. Do you realize you're being equipped right now, not just for your own sake, but you're going to meet people that need to hear what you're hearing right now. Because a lot of your friends and people in your acquaintances, they're all talking like this. Sometimes God wants you sick to teach you things. You know, we're only human. You know, what, what can you do about this problem? You know, I mean, uh, um, God is in control. You know, when something bad happens, well, God is in control. Then where does uh, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven fit in if God's in control? 
If God's in control, there should be no binding or loosing going on. But Jesus said there needs to be some binding and loosing going on because everything that's happening is not God's will. It's not God is in control. I am, I'm a little bit upset with some of the church because they're not acknowledging there's a devil. And I don't know what they're afraid of. It's like, well, we, I don't know, may, maybe some people leave the church. People leaving the church should not be a concern. The anointing leaving your church is what you should be concerned about. Because you'll have everything you need with four people if you're doing the will of God than if you have 4,000 people compromising all over the place. I learned a while back, I'm more concerned about the presence of God being strong in our church than just people's presence because we're, you know, people pleasing. Don't get me wrong. I want people pleased and I want people happy, but not more than I want them free. I want them free more than anything. And if you want to be free, you're going to have to hear some things that expose lies and make demand correction in our life. So quickly here, turn to Colossians chapter two. Everybody say, if I, if I. not if God. Say, if I continue in God's word, I'll be his disciple indeed. And I will know the truth and the truth shall make me free. Did you know you and I can be so free that all our neighbors are going to start following us to church? We can be so being free as a witness. Are you kidding me? In this cloudy, gray world, being free is a witness. It's not just something for our benefit. It's a witness. We need to be so free. <laughs> I mean, we need to be so free that people go, what are you into? <laughs> well, I'm in Christ. Amen. We need to be so free that people go, what, 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 where do you go? What? what, what? What's your life like? Numero uno, church. I'm part of the church. I don't just go to church. I am the church. Everywhere I go, Jesus goes. His wisdom goes. His power goes. His love goes. I think we should be so free that you don't even have to formally invite people to church. They just follow you. No, don't, 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 don't not invite people until you're there. Because we need to be inviting and bringing people, especially in these times that we're living in right now. They're looking for hope. Colossians chapter 2, we'll close with this. This, this is real interesting here. I want you to see this. Um, before you, let me read one more thing. For those of you that think that, you know, devil never bothers me. <laughs> De devil never bothers me. I'm in a zone where he just doesn't bother me. But before you think that, um, that's exactly what the devil wants you to think. Yeah, oh yeah, I never bothered them. <laughs> bing, lie, bing, lie, 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 lie. All these lies around this person. Then he never bothers me. Let me just say this. And, and you, need, you need this to be aware of some things. If, is Satan just leaving you alone? Or has he found a way to work in your life that you're not aware of yet? Is he really just leaving you alone or has he just found a way to work in your life you're not aware of yet? And the only way you will be aware of his subtle lies running in the background is if you are constantly hearing the word of God. 
Carl and I were talking recently, and we'll need to talk to Patsy and Danielle about this too, because we would need their help. But I think it's time for a stream of healing to come forth every day from Faith Heights Church, even 15 minutes. An online, just an online stream, just a stream, a constant stream of healing teaching. I prophesy and declare COVID-19 is dead. I call it dead. I call it dissolved, disintegrated, demolished, out of here. Masks are not the new normal. Jesus is healing our land. How can he be so bold? Because he didn't lie. He didn't lie to us. It's impossible for God to lie. He said, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. And I want to say to the airwaves right now and people that are here, there are a lot of lies going on right now about our country, about who should be leader in our country, about who shouldn't be leader in our country. There are lies happening and you need to be open to the fact that you've been believing some. I said, you need to not. The Bible says the pride of your heart has deceived you. If you just keep believing you're right and you're not open to change, I'm open to change. I hope you all are. I am totally open that everything I've been believing could be wrong. I am 100 percent open. But when you get to the point where you're just like, you are deceived, easily deceived. Pride and pretending goes hand in hand. But humility and honesty go hand in hand. If you want to get in, as a pastor, and if there's anyone watching, I know we've got people watching. If I'm your pastor, you need to hear this right now. There is deception like never before in these end times. I mean, there even the very elect, Jesus said, could be deceived in these end times. If you're not close to God and you're not in the word, there is deception happening. And we need to be open to the fact that we may be wrong, too, in some things. But when you got scripture, see, I, it just it just it, it disturbs me to see people so adamant about what they believe and they're not pointing to one scripture about it. They're just pointing to something they heard on the news. Just pointing to something somebody else said that has a tie and a 4K camera and a nice background and a great audio called see whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, a lot of this is so black and white. It's like. I don't know, but Candace, I, I just, I, I, to me, it's real simple. If you want to save babies' lives, I'm going that way. I don't care if the person that wants to save babies' lives has an accent, talks mean, is a little gruff. If he's for the little ones, I don't care what his past was like. I could care less what his past was like. He probably repented. It's under the blood. And who am I disrespect the blood of Jesus by bringing up somebody's past, the blood washed away? Huh? I sometimes just want to say, hey, guys, what are you pointing to? And your strength of decision. What, what are you pointing to? Well, I heard someone so say. Do you realize if King David was running for president, he would be mocked, criticized, and assassination attempts would be put on his life today. He, 
killed a man, took the man's wife. He said, my sins are more than the hairs of my head. I'm not able to look up. Since when does God use perfect people? Who does God choose to teach on the dangers of adultery? A man that had 700 wives and 300 concubines. You want to say God made a bad choice? You talk to the Lord about it. I think he probably know a little bit more about it than anybody else. Right? Who'd God choose to be a man after his own heart? King of Israel, sweet psalmist of Israel. Who'd he choose? A very imperfect man who made some very big mistakes, but who also was very humble and repented. And the Bible talks about the sure mercies of David. Tell me one president that's not had a problem. You don't look at what happened in their past to see if you're for them today. You look at what they're doing right now to see if you're for them today. Come on, church. Be open to the fact that there's some lies out there. And I'm telling you right now, the media is not a good place to go for truth. No, 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 no. Be cautious. I'm not even sure the false prophet isn't in there somewhere when it comes to the media. The false prophet, the beast and the Antichrist in the last days. What is that? Well, it could be a media source or a whole media thing. I mean, the Bible says the devil is the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Prince of the power of the air, airwaves. No, no, got got to get the lies out. Got to get the lies out. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab. 